The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. The Chinese Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 lockdowns have caused some of the biggest power grabs in the world. One of the places outside of Australia who is completely locked down, being a formal, uh, uh, <laughs> formally known prison state, they're back to being a prison state, is Canada. And Canada has had some insane lockdown measures. You can't walk your dog after a certain period of time at night. Uh, whatever the case may be, you have to be in your house. The police are coming after you. Well, some truckers had enough of this. And they decided to take their trucks and form a convoy, park it on roadways to block any sort of access. Now, they didn't completely block it. They left a lane open, so they basically inconvenienced travelers. But... They did so in protest to the vaccine vaccine man, mandates that they were calling for. And so while they have locked down these roadways, they have protested with supplies. Um, they've got supplies on their trucks. They said they could sustain themselves for two freaking years. Now, not financially, but they could do so through the means that they have on their trucks. And they're out there. They're playing uh, hockey they're dancing doing raves it's definitely not violent it's definitely not uh clannish as they like to say because they're trying to say that they're racist because they're blocking highways i don't know where that comes into play i still can't reconcile how blocking roads in the name of freedom is similar to burning crosses and lynching minorities i, I don't know that's just how they frame it because they're framing it from an american standpoint they've had certain videos shot where in the midst of a protest there's a guy in a mask with a with a confederate flag or something silly like that because they want to make it seem as though it's a bunch of racist it's a bunch of maga types i mean this is canada i mean the confederate flag has absolutely nothing to do with canada or canada's history whatever the case may be so what a lot of people have done is raised funds to support these truckers and the Ottawa police was really livid about this. And in fact, one of the funding mechanisms is GoFundMe. And GoFundMe is interesting because being from a tax background, you can raise money through GoFundMe, but you can't write that off. It's not a charitable organization. It's just a place where people can raise money. And then that money can be given to the appropriate recipient as long as what they're raising funds for is correct. You know, you can't raise money for somebody with cancer and then you find out they're just taking it to go to a beach house in Florida. That's not happening. So the Ottawa police decided they were going to uh, approach GoFundMe and request them to just release the funds. And it, it's really insane because... You know, these people, they're, all they're doing is protesting. They're not out there burning down auto zones, right? I mean, they're not out uh, looting, toppling statues like we saw in the past. So GoFundMe decides 
that they're going to go ahead and release these funds and be on the side of fascism, like all the other tech companies. I mean, the, the goal, that's what, that's what I like. This, you're going to hear these people go, well, GoFundMe is a private business. You know what? A private business cannot direct you to make medical choices against your own medical health, okay? I mean, they can fire you or let you go for some reason, but they have to have just cause. I mean, even in at-will states, you know, if they fire you in the wrong way, you can collect unemployment off of them. I mean, it's it's silly the way that they that this this uh, faux capitalist mindset comes into play. Well, you know, it's a private business. The owners can do what they want. Uh, they can do what they want within reason. There's certain parameters that they can't step in. And with GoFundMe, that's their sole that's their sole job is to raise funds. So the Ottawa police said, we want to thank GoFundMe for listening to our concerns as a, as a city and a police service. The decision to withhold funding from these unlawful demonstrations is an important step, and we call on the crowdfunding sites to follow suit. So GoFundMe has decided that they were going to delete Canada's Freedom Convoy fundraiser for violating terms stating the peaceful demonstration has become an occupation now. Now, I don't see anybody getting W-2s or 1099s from the protest. I mean, GoFundMe, they can't just deem these people employees or, or subcontractors because, first of all, their, their occupation isn't directly controlled by this protest. So that's just a way for GoFundMe to sneak around and be able to pull funds. Because, you know, if you're in bed in hospice with cancer for, you know, 16 months and people are raising funds for you, your occupation isn't cancer sickness. You're not getting the 1099 from cancer. So I don't know how they can think that this is a way that they can frame that so that they can use that as a loophole to defund this envoy. So they said further, all donors must submit a full refund request up until February 19th, 2022. The remaining funds will be sent to established charities verified by GoFundMe. Now, I don't think that that's legal. In fact, I think they, they rethought that because misappropriation of funds can be something that somebody can sue GoFundMe over. I mean, that wouldn't be that far of a stretch. So GoFundMe actually followed up and said to simplify the process for our users, we will be refunding all donations to the Freedom Convoy 2022 fundraiser. This refund will happen automatically. You do not need to submit a request. Donors can expect to see the refunds between 7 to 10 business days. The update we issued earlier enabled all donors to get a refund and outlined the plan to distribute remaining funds to verified charities selected by the Freedom Convoy organizers. However, due to donor feedback, we are simply... Uh, simplifying the process and automatically refunding the donations because they know they were met with the legal side. Somebody presented that to them. And I didn't think that would even be possible. I mean, how could you possibly just automatically take the funds and give it to some other charity that might be uh, antithetical to your beliefs and your values? I mean, it's your money. You just donated. You didn't get a product or service from GoFundMe. All you did was donate funds to this cause. And this comes into play where the parallel economy needs to happen. We need to start looking at parallel ways of doing websites, uh, payment processing, fundraising. We've already done it with media. 
people like Dan Bongino have been already taken that step. I think he's actually got something called ParallelEconomy.com or something like that, where he's got a payment processor. He's doing Rumble, which is the YouTube equivalent. Um, you know, the black community has done this for years with business. Uh, they've got their sm- you know small business organizations. They've got, I mean, they work within each other. If you've ever watched, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but it was where they took a millionaire and they just put him in a new town, didn't give him anything, and told them, become a millionaire within a certain number of months. Well, some of this happened in the middle of the pandemic, so that made it very, very (laughs) close to impossible. But there was one lady on there who, uh, I can't remember, she was married to Timberland, and she had made millions, I can't remember off of what, but to watch her go through the black community's channels of the parallel economy that they built where they went to churches and they went to these small business groups and they all supported each other. And she was able to thrive fairly quickly while the others were having a harder time getting things happening because they didn't have that infrastructure set. And I think conservatives need to take a cue from this. We need to start looking at how we organize and build an economy that is completely conservative, completely freedom loving, completely capitalist, especially in the face of the World Economic Forum's overreach, the fascist uh, Great Reset that they're trying to impose upon us, where they cancel out small business in favor of these elite businesses, you know, where Taylor's Do It Center had to close, but, you know, Home Depot and Lowe's are open during the pandemic. We need to start looking at how we conduct business, where our dollars go. You know, we don't want our dollars going to China, where they're basically bringing up Uyghurs to light the Olympic torch where our athletes that are gold medal winners are playing for China. Now we need to start looking at supporting ourselves as a movement so that we can be a, a wedge against the left back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. You know, someone made a good point about GoFundMe. They said, I haven't looked into GoFundMe's terms of service, but I suspect this exercise with the truckers is going to demonstrate why simply enforcing their terms of service against them is not a viable policy solution to woke tech firms to which someone said, you know, go fudge, go fudge me (laughs) or go F me just got caught trying to steal 10 million from Canadian truckers and send the money to left-wing radicals, chamber of commerce, big tech, other corporate conservatives, What's the big deal? You should have read the 25-page terms of service before donating, of course. To which uh, a lawyer, Ron Coleman, said, Consumer fraud law has just joined antitrust and self-cancellation when it comes to left-wing online businesses. And so that's the thing. We keep thinking that their business entity is that important. You know, that it's their property and it's not their property. They are, I've said this a thousand times, they are a business entity. Your corporations, your partnerships, LLCs, they are entities. They are considered people or for, you know, for lack of a better term, considered like people. So I can't tell you to go get a jab just like your LLC can't tell me to get a jab, right? And then when I think about the bigger issue with the whole convoy in general, you know, a part of me is thinking, how did we let Canada and Australia with 
because Australia's got a convoy happening too, beat us to the punch on pushing back draconian COVID measures. The other part of me says, well, we have federalism in a constitutional republic. If it were a giant sweeping national lockdown, we'd probably do the same. But, you know, we actually have red states, blue states. Now, in the beginning, a lot of states followed suit, a lot of red states and blue states together in in March of 2020. But look what Florida did for us. Florida, Ron DeSantis in Florida was our saving grace. Federalism allowed us from having to get to a point where we rose up because we could step back and really push back before getting to a heated situation that caused caused us to get to violence. We could do all that because of federalism. We can go to our school boards. We could go to our city councils. We could go to our governors. And with Ron DeSantis in the beginning, he fell in line just like Greg Abbott in Texas. They fell in line and said, okay, mask mandates, and yeah, we're going to lock down. But I remember at a certain point, Ron DeSantis said, I don't like the data that we're getting. I want to look at the data directly. And he put a task force together and got the data sent directly from the hospitals to his office. And that's when he made the changes. That's suddenly when he turned around and said, you know what? This isn't working. We need to start living life normally. And really, when you look at his state population, mostly elderly, I mean, that's where they go to retire. That's where the snowbirds go down for the warm weather in the middle of the winter, right? That's where they're partying it up in Miami. And this actually takes me to my next topic, Ron DeSantis. And there is a disturbing trend that is starting to arise about whether or not he is one of the good guys. Let's not do what we did last primary season and destroy all of our good candidates, because that's what we did. If you remember back when Donald Trump announced that he was going into the race, I wasn't a big fan of his because I thought it was a bucket list checkoff when we were in a dire situation where we needed to restore the Constitution. So somebody like a Ted Cruz... At the time, people were back in Marco Rubio, but I have no idea why a gang of five or a gang of eight, whatever the hell it was, solidified in my mind, even though he could talk a good game, that he wasn't worthy of what we needed. But you had Bobby Jindal. I mean, you had some good candidates. Trump came in and everybody started coming up with these crazy things about Ted Cruz. Oh, Goldman Sachs. Remember the guy yelling his face had like three teeth? Goldman Sachs. Right? So we know that we need to be better about this next time. There's a lot of people on Twitter, and I know Twitter's not real life, but there's a lot of people on Twitter that I started meeting with and having conversations with back in 2012 when Ted Cruz was shutting down the government with his green eggs and ham readings so that we wouldn't pass this crazy spending bill. And everybody was united. Wasn't until Donald Trump jumped into the primaries that a good sector of those people were suddenly just bad-mouthing Ted Cruz and everybody else. And it's a primary. You pick your side. That's where the battles truly begin. But we need to be careful about it this time, especially when we're looking at Ron DeSantis, because he's not going to run. So get that out of your minds. But if he did, let's not destroy him in favor of Trump or vice versa. Let's not destroy Trump in favor of Ron DeSantis. Let's let's kind of work things out and be reasonable. 
Now, we know Mike Pence was always a rhino. I think he was a plant by the establishment so they could keep an eye on Trump, kind of like George H. Bush was for Ronald Reagan. And we know that his chief of staff, Mark Short, was banned from the White House by Trump. We also know that uh, he uh, there was members of Mike Pence's administration that were spying on Trump. And so what I saw was this little thread from The Last Refuge. Now, he and I have gone back and forth quite a few times, but there was a, uh, an article that was out from The Hill, and it said, Ron DeSantis, if it wasn't for me, the kids would have been locked out of school in 2020 in the state of Florida. That's just the reality. We were right on then, and we are going to grievously, grievously continue to be right. And Last Refuge, conservative treehouse, which I was calling conservative bathhouse, responded with, Ron DeSantis appeared with Mike Pence. Do not forget that. Somebody said, so what? Trump appeared with Democrats, endorsed some losers. Trump is not God. He's not Jesus either. I love Donald Trump and admire you, but you need to admit the possibility that he's not the best choice. To which this, uh, you know, the Last Refuge said, the what part is that today Florida Governor Ron DeSantis aligned himself with the club, McConnell, Nikki Haley, Pence, Nome, and DeSantis, all part of the cocktail donor group, the R-Club, the right wing of the Uniparty. Timing matters. Timing matters because this year is when the RNC, the mechanism of the R-Club, meets after the midterms and establishes the rules for the 2024 election. Most casual political observers do not follow this closely. As a result, before the winter of 2022, the meeting of the rules began. The political alignments of the individual members who will position to be used for the club must be determined. Each candidate makes their choice this year. The club insiders, mostly influential donors who control political outcomes, then establish the roadmap for the next general election based on their overall selected candidates. Those candidates create uh, those selected candidates are what we call the insiders or the party candidates. The actual party map for 2024 is drawn out after the 2022 midterms. The map includes the timing of primary election dates, the sequence of the states of the primary, and other factors, winner-take-all versus proportional, etc., to lay the groundwork for the insider candidates. Everything is gamed out, and the other candidates are then approached to participate in the process. The other candidates are carefully selected, then funded to enter the race to split, modify, or adjust the state vote according to the insider club strategy. Any candidate running for 2024 POTUS game uh, knows the game and knows this insider club process, but may not know the actual club rules and club map because the details are not decided until the midterms. This phase we're in right now is the club vetting uh, phase. Each candidate reviewed and each candidate making a tribal alignment within the RNC club stru uh, structure. That's why Pence and DeSantis were appearing today at a club event, and it tells us that Florida governor has chosen his tribe. Now, I don't believe that. I believe everything he said is true, minus the DeSantis part. I believe that there's a club and they, they choose everything and it's the uniparty. But the, the one thing that I was making a point of is that, you know, there's, there's more to it than that with DeSantis. DeSantis is the reason why we were not completely locked down. I mean, my thing was, I, I said, you know, don't fall for the DeSantis is an establishment plant BS. They did this with Ted Cruz and had people believing that he worked for Goldman Sachs, <laughs> if you remember that. I mean, I'm just revisiting that era to illustrate how we should, we should not be sniping those who are working for our interests, that era being the era of Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. 
I don't idolize any politician, but you cannot deny that due to Ron DeSantis' pushback, there wouldn't be a completely locked down America. And I think we need to keep that in mind. So let's not destroy somebody who has been on our side fighting illegal immigration, fighting lockdowns, fighting medical tyranny, somebody who stands against the narratives of the media, somebody who has a governing style similar to Donald Trump, but yet is also very articulate and makes a reasonable case for his positions like Ron DeSantis. Let's not do that. Let's not destroy that guy. Okay? Primaries are coming up, so let's watch and see. Before we go, I wanted to give a little bit of a tribute, a little bit of a remembrance of a great mind we lost a few years back on the 5th of uh, February, Doc Thompson, a guy who could convey the values of conservatarians, libertarians, and could also be funny about it. And we want to remember him, check out his platform that he created, uh, Mojo 5 on iHeartRadio. I used to have my show on there. And so we want to be remembering him today. Six separate Tyrannus.